Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. We're talking today about the, the work that goes on for a banking acquisition. And we're talking with Matt Spear of M&T Bank, who's been involved in one or two of those. Matt, thanks so much for joining me. Well, thanks very much, Tom. Certainly appreciate the opportunity to uh, share a little bit. Now, Matt, I know you've just been involved in a recent acquisition. When this comes down, what is your security group's task? You know, when we look at uh, you know, kind of the breakdown and the tasks that occur, obviously, um, whenever you're looking on taking a, a group of employees, that uh, there's all of the, um, you know, provisioning into, uh, you know, the acquiring bank system so that, you know, day one of conversion that they have the kind of access they need. But also with that, from from an external point of view, that you know that is that is a time of transition uh, for customers as well as employees, and whenever you have change occurring, there is certainly the opportunity for um, you know fraud to occur, both internal and external, uh, because of that change. So part of our task is to be able to uh, anticipate, you know, based upon experience and trends that we see what kind of attacks will be thrown at our customers and how to you know provide them with the type of education that they need so that they uh you know hopefully won't fall victim to it as well as a heightened sense of monitoring around what is occurring so that we can detect and react to any attempted fraud uh before it has the opportunity to affect customers so i know you're supposed to make this look like it happens overnight but it absolutely doesn't so my question to you, Matt, is when does your group get involved when you know in the discussions about an acquisition? Well, um, usually at you know uh, at some point during the due diligence phase. So while both companies are actually uh, doing the discovery of each other, you know we, we get involved at that point. So we have a good idea of you know what would be the potential costs of um, you know our portion of an acquisition and also start understanding what is being acquired so that uh, we can identify those gaps that uh, invariably occur and you know how to mitigate the risk of uh, of the overall conversion and so um, certainly it's it's well into the due diligence when we get pulled in uh, but amazingly enough it is still part of the due diligence versus uh, you know, the announcement has occurred, and then all of a sudden everyone has to dive in and figure out how to make it happen. So that upfront planning is really key so that you can put all your mitigation plans in place. So, Matt, what has to be done by your group on what kind of a timeline before an acquisition is absolutely final? Well, when you, uh, I think once you get past that due diligence phase, and you know, it's obviously driven by business justification uh, for conducting the acquisition. And uh, so, while you you have your input around, um, you know, some of the some of the cost and resourcing it would take to make the acquisition and and make it successful, then you know, usually immediately following the announcement, uh, it starts the process of. Um, you know, putting together uh, all of the plans. We, since we do have a fair amount of experience uh, in doing these, we do have kind of, uh, I wouldn't say a cookie cutter approach, but uh, we have a, a, a mature framework in how we go through and conduct these, um, you know, conversion processes. And the, the timeline will vary. 
Um, sometimes there's, uh, there's impetus to do it in a very short period of time, you know, somewhere in the area of 60 days, or sometimes it takes, it takes longer and there's not as much of a reason. And so that the acquirer can take longer, let's say six months, uh, to go through the, the planning process, uh, before they get to that, you know, legal day one and then, you know, how quickly after that you actually do the conversion so that you, uh, uh, you know, when you, when you look at banking type acquisitions, those that tend to be very successful, both from an actual conversion as well as from, you know, getting the business synergies, uh, the, the conversion happens very closely after the actual legal acquisition. So as quickly as you can uh, you know, conduct that conversion and do it in a way that's not going to, uh, you know, affect customers, uh, the better off that you are. And Matt, I believe the last big acquisition for you folks was Provident Bank, correct? Yep, it certainly was, and uh, finished that up uh, uh, actually Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> One to remember, right? Oh, absolutely. And well, it's our it's our favorite time. You get a little bit uh when you look at holiday weekends that uh it actually gives you a little bit more time to uh get through the conversion should uh you know something something unanticipated occur. Um and uh well, we're 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 used to giving up our holiday weekends for these. <laughs> So walk us through what your group's activities were for that acquisition, Matt. What did you have to do over that Memorial Weekend in particular? Sure. Um, well, uh, you know, actually up to that point, when you start, uh, you know, looking like 30 to 60 days out from an actual, you know, conversion activity around an acquisition, that there's all kinds of legal notifications that go out to the customers as well as the acquirer is going to, you know, uh, send a lot of material to the um, uh, to the customer as to, you know, what to expect, um, you know, as their uh, accounts are converted over and things that are going to be different or, or, you know, that catalog of services and how they map to what they currently have. Um, actually, it's during that time frame that you're probably most at risk because, amazingly enough, it seems that, uh, you know, fraud, um, that uh, a lot of people that, you know, conduct fraud for a living, I guess we'll call them, is that, you know, they seem to seize that opportunity because it's that period of transition when things can be a little confused for the customer that they use that opportunity to strike and try to, um, you know, uh, put some kind of fraud against the customer. And whether, it, you know, what we typically see is, you know, heightened number of phishing attacks uh, and as well as, you know, a lot of social engineering attacks where they're trying to get, you know, customer account information all under the guise of, um, you know, pretending to be somebody, uh, you know, generally uh, pretending to be the acquirer so that, uh, you know, it seems like the the acquiring bank is trying to help the customer. Um, but, you know, it, it it's really a fraudulent type effort. And so... Uh, you know, during that period up to the actual conversion activity where, you know, signage gets changed and co new cards are issued, that, uh, you know, you're at a, a period of risk where you really have to monitor that. And then the, the conversion, you know, weekend itself or, uh, you know, uh, what you typically see during that, that's when, you know, uh, employee user accounts go live, uh, a lot of testing of, 
um, you know, appropriate access has to occur, and then you work through the internal problems around uh, access because invariably things get missed that have to be remediated, um, and then the transition of the customers over to you know their the use of their new cards, for example, for ATM debit, um, you know, the use of their new checks. And uh, so there's a heightened period of monitoring through that conversion period and then immediately following um, because you're still going to be dealing with uh, customers or sometimes people who pretend that they were customers uh, that, uh, you know, you're trying to help them make that transition over to you as the acquirer. And so there's lots of opportunities for things to go wrong. And so, you know, the more hand-holding you can do with your new employees, as well as the more vigilant you can be in your monitoring of exceptions, uh, the better off you'll be and be able to uh, tamp down and hold back on fraud losses that invariably occur around an acquisition, as well as make that, you know, as seamless a transition for customers and employees as possible. So you're going in there over this last weekend. You're really, literally ripping out machines and putting in new ones. Oh, absolutely. Uh, well, everybody's model is a little different. Ours typically has been um, uh, where you know we will replace all equipment and um, you know convert to our networks, and it works very well for us. And we're, and we're pretty practiced at it. Um, some others, you know, just you know, if you look at Bank of America and. Uh, you know, their, their recent acquisition, they, well, they don't convert for a long period of time, but operate independently. So it really depends on, you know, what the model is for you know, your acquisition strategy. What we find is that the, the biggest synergy from the business standpoint is when we can convert them over to, you know, our systems as well as, um, you know, be under our banner. Uh, and that we're able to actually um, do a better job servicing the customer and not operate as you know disjointed organizations. Sure. Now, what do you see as the biggest successes of your recent conversion work, Matt? Well, I think that uh, when you when you uh, look overall, that uh, the, the number one fraud uh, we were able to you know um, not suffer any. Uh, you know, major frauds that occurred during uh, uh, the last conversion, as well as I think we did a, a very good job uh, being able to be very active in our communications with the, our new customers that were coming over from the acquired bank, uh, and then, um, you know, make that a, a seamless transition for them. So, uh, actually, I, our attrition rate has been much less than anticipated uh, because of that ability to service the customer as well as make it very clean, crisp, concise communications to them. So it was not as confusing as it could be. Now, flip side of that, what do you find to be your biggest ongoing challenge or challenge during the conversion process even? Well, I think every time that you go into a conversion, it's, uh, it is the unknown in terms of what is you know, uh, what kind of fraud is going to be uh, attempted against the conversion activity. Uh, and, you know, there's just like uh, we all have to deal with for, you know, normal day-to-day -day business that, you know, every time you turn around there's some new um, fraud avenue that is attempted to be exploited. Well, you learn something new from every uh, acquisition on, you know, what is, what is going to be uh, the fraud this time 
that I was absolutely not anticipating. Uh, and know that that's going to occur. Make sure that you have a very strong framework to be able to deal and react to it. Because, uh, you know, ultimately, you're, you're trying to do the best that you can for uh, your organization so that, um, you know, they don't suffer losses that are unanticipated. But even more importantly, uh, making sure that your your customers don't suffer losses during that conversion activity again. Because part of what you're doing is you're, you're gaining new customers that you hope to be able to grow uh, and so you want to make it a, a very solid and positive experience for them. Sure. Now, man, as you know, we've got a number of institutions that have acquired or been acquired this year. If you were to give advice to another institution that's going through an acquisition from, from either side of it, what advice would you give to them? Well, you know, what, I think that those acquisitions that are most successful uh, are very collaborative. Uh, and, you know, we've been very fortunate in recent years that uh, despite, you know, uh, a lot of times when uh, in a, an organization is acquired, that there can be bad feelings on the part of employees. And so uh, you want to make them a very positive part of the acquisition because certainly you're dependent upon them to help you um, reach success. If they were uh, to shut down and not tell you uh, about their customer base and, um, you know, be confrontational it makes it very difficult to get through the acquisition process. So I think understanding from both sides, this is something that happens in a business cycle. And so the way that you work together is, um, you know, absolutely imperative. And even for employees from an acquired institution that are not going to be retained, well, amazingly enough, banking is still a relatively small industry. And if you're going to stay in uh, you know, the financial services industry for your career, you're going to run into a lot of the same people over and over again. So uh, you want to be recognized for being part of a collaborative team on that. So I think that those that really plan it out, plan out the, the acquisition process and do a solid job of communicating and making each other feel part of the process, those are the ones that are most successful. Very good, Matt. I appreciate your time and your insight tonight. I was glad to be a part of it. Thanks very much, Tom. We're talking with Matt Spear of M&T Bank about acquisitions. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.